the more you talk, the more likely it is to focus on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so tonight, um, since Tim's out, we know this already, we're actually going to do a little bit of kind of remedial combat stuff. I think, um, once again, I think for Paige, it's going to kind of get you more accustomed to some of the general rules of the game. Uh, it's going to give us all an opportunity to explore some combat options, which we've been using, but it's not a good, bad idea to always revisit. Um, and um, to kind of get used to rolling more dice. I think that because we are playing every other week, it makes it difficult to like build it to, to learn, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to use tonight to like do a ton of dice rolls for everybody um, and just get used to what that looks like for you. Uh, and then we're going to do dice drills at the beginning of every single game session from here on out. So your first dice drill is to make a challenging stealth test. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hold on. So there's none there. So it'd be challenging, mm-hmm. stealth, agility, 47. 37 okay to succeed, succeed. Yeah. and i got 71 so i failed yeah okay all right one thing that we did last sunday whenever she and i met i actually decided to teach her not to use percentile dice but to use two similar colored dice oh yes my green dice is my first one and my purple die is my second yeah easier to read easier to do i you know it's funny in retrospect if 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 i could do it all over again um i would have Use D hundred have always been two ten sided dice as opposed to percentiles because people read percentiles differently. I learned. I I'm just so used to it. I, I would hate it. I know. I <laughs> I don't. I still use percentiles even though mm-hmm. I prefer the other method. I'm just so u- accustomed to using percentile dice with a tens and a units die that I just don't even doesn't even register with me anymore. Because I used to when I played D and D, I used like two ten sided dice and I call behind and be like, oh, black high, and I roll. I was rolling a black and a red as an example. Right? Black high, so I read my, it'd be a 97. But I just got so accustomed to using percentiles. It feels like printing your signature to me. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah. Well, I think, okay, so technically this is not a formal session, but we're going to start it just like it is a formal session. So the first thing we need to do is to establish the initiative ladder. So everybody roll their initiative. It's 1d10 plus your initiative value. And then Adam's going to put it up on our marker board over here for everybody. <laughs> for everybody. And Nine. Then... What did you roll? A one. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's low. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, a little. Just a little. Just a little bit. Let's see if we can get... Um... Get some uh, music going here too. I think that would be appropriate. I had thirteen. Mm. And it's built since nine. Is that what you said? Nine. Nine, 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 nine. Nine. Nines. That sound was on the sound bar beneath the table. Right now? Uh, not right now, no. Okay. Um, not right at this moment. 
So uh, now we need. So now we've established our initial ladder. We need to roll for our fortune points. I always start with one, a misfortune point. That's mine. And then you're gonna roll for the remaining three. So you should roll one d six. If it lands on six, it's mine. If it lands on one to five, it's yours. I got three. Got a one. That's. I got a five. Cool. I'm gonna put the uh, your your fortune points inside the belly of the uh, of the beast. The belly of the beast. Yeah, the belly of the um the mind the mind the mimic. Mimic. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, we're just going to jump right into it, and I'll kind of set the stage for kind of what, what we're doing. Um, and once again, this does not take place in the game world, this is just kind of like a, a thing we're going to do to kind of explore how our characters work um, in a fairly complicated situation. Because I think it's the best way to kind of teach a non-Euclidean labyrinth. A non-Euclidean labyrinth. <laughs> a, a, it's a little labyrinth. <laughs> if we're injured, are we still injured? Uh, move yourselves all the way up to unhindered. Move yourselves to um, unharmed. Ignore your injuries. Um, we're just going to act as if, uh, once again, this is kind of existing outside the campaign world. We're just going to use it tonight just as a, a way to learn to play the game. So have extra um, clips because I don't want to move my current ones. Uh, no, I, I don't want to lose my place. <laughs> I don't, but you're right on the back of the I wrote mine. <laughs> I wrote Actually, I do. I got blue ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'll need one, too. Just one. Just one. Okay, here's this. Here's a blue. I'll give you a red one if that's okay. Sure. Yeah, I forgot I have some in here. Yeah. So, um, we're going to assume for purposes of what we're going to do this evening, um, you find yourselves in the streets of some unnamed ruinous city. And it's set the mood. It is dark out. It is, it's beginning to storm. It's not quite yet raining. Um, so, but it is it's getting dark out, though. So um, that means it's a little difficult to see. Um, between the flashes of lightning in the streets, and you know that you must, you must enter into this this old ruinous mansion. Um, and your 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 objective for purposes of this is to clear it out, um, to um, take it for yourselves, to to make it yours. And so that leaves you at the far far end of the city street. And you're kind of in this broad cobblestone-ridden um, avenue. Uh, the cobbled rock is kind of broken and shattered here and there. Um, you can see grass and roots kind of growing between them. It's clear this place has been abandoned for God knows how long. Uh, on either side of the path here in the city, um, you can see a very tall parapet uh, on either end where perhaps soldiers once roamed to keep the streets safe, um, but now they're, they're all but abandoned. <clears throat> you know that there are several means of ingress to this place, not far from where you're at, in fact. Um, you can see that there is a set of windows uh, close to where you're at, Sh shattered, shattered uh, glass windows, um, shattered stained glass, I should say. This is like an old fortified manor house. And then further down, you can see that there is a set of doors um, that leads inside this place. 
the place where you need the side you need to get into. Pardon me, real quick. Bye. It's funny. I just bought um, doors <laughs> from WizKids, so I'm going to replace them Beautiful. with this because I really want to use it. Um, can I have those? You're not really sure how many enemies are inside. You just have heard sounds coming from within. It's without a doubt you know that someone or something uh, is within this old ruinous fortified manor. So um, without kind of further ado, I grab a few more doors here to flip over. I realize that the other doors I'm gonna put in as well. Um, <clears throat> I'll just pop these guys out here. I like these new doors. They're really cool. They're um, nice. They do. They are nice. I really like them. They're freestanding, but, you know, obviously they represent means of ingress and egress into this to this place. I'll put them right there. But if we look back to the camera, we can see that you're all in that alleyway over there. <coughs> so... What are you all going to do? Speak in the window. Okay. Uh, go ahead and put your figure up there if you want. I'm going to peek through the yeah. window. Yeah, so you kind of come, you come up toward the windows, and, and that's when you kind of realize the windows are, they're just a bit above where you can see, but you kind of lean in. Um, who has the light? Anybody have light? Don't you have a lamp? I do. Can I borrow your lamp? Uh, yes, of course. Thanks. There, there you are. Uh, hand her the lantern if you oh, want. Oh, the actual lantern. The, la the actual lantern. Where, where is the actual lamp. lantern? No, the, the lantern is over there. Oh, it's the real here. lantern. Oh, the real lantern. The real it's lantern. on the it's on the shelf. Yeah, it's beside the uh, computer over there. So you grab the lantern and you you begin to kind of lean up on your tippy tippy toes um, yes. to to look inside. Let's see. Look like. Um, I thought the batteries were dead. Oh, oh there. Ha ha ha! Make sure to turn it Oh, off. the flame! There we go. Okay. Okay. Yeah, spooky. So you Look grab inside. a lantern and you're looking inside the window, and uh, you realize that the light's kind of passing through the. Um, it's passing through this shattered stained glass window and, and when you look within you can kind of see broken furniture cobwebs water dripping from probably the rooftop inside here um it looks kind of looks like they kind of it looks like there's no easy way in it looks like bookshelves and things were shoved against the wall the window okay so climbing in through here would be um difficult because you have to push your way in but it's not to say that you couldn't do it I'm gonna look in this other window and see if it's about the same amount of stuff. Yeah, it, it kind of seems to be, the both windows lead into the same chamber. Do I see any figures past the junk against the window? Like, do I see any figures moving around? Uh-huh, uh, go ahead and make a, um, make a hard awareness test. It's a little difficult to see in there. There's so much detritus kind of built up everywhere. Dirty pass. I got 82, so it's a fail. Okay. 
Remember, you can always use uh, fortune points to reroll. Uh, but that course, go, once you use a fortune point, it goes back to me. So I think I'm fine. You can't really see anything inside. I there. can't see anything. Okay. So, so the rest of you. I'm gonna go over through the door. Yeah. And listen. Uh, Pipistrello will like clutch the back of your shirt and move along with you. You can feel the the the, the rumbling of the thunder in your chest, Pipistrello. Um, it, it's almost like this storm kind of came upon you as you entered this unnamed city. Um, you've seen no light nor torches anywhere within here, uh, at least in the streets, but you did previously whenever you would kind of were on the outskirts of the city itself. You could have sworn you'd seen torchlight. Do you think they um, let us in? <laughs> said anything about letting. We're going in. Yeah, let's go in. Oh, oh. The doors are fastened shut from the other side. Mm. Well, I guess we should go. I wonder if I can get in through the window. Maybe I can crawl in. The walls aren't that tall. I could try to climb over them too. How thick is this door? Does it I seem can sturdy? climb. Uh, yeah, it seems like a. Um, it's like made of this heavy wood that's been fastened with metal plates and bolts through it. Okay. So if you imagine like an old medieval door. Mm-hmm. So it's not something I can just like crash my body through with ease. You can try it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here, hold uh, if it looks that sturdy, I don't think I can Hold do on it. to that, Pipistrilla. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to climb up over and then hand me the, the lantern. Okay. Mm-hmm. I will assist with the climbing. Okay, so it's going to be a um, standard athletics test. And and I don't, I don't have an athletics train, but I will assist. Oh sure, yeah, he'll help her kind of get up. Yeah. Okay. Oops, fifty to pass. Yeah. I got thirty. Nice. I pass. So you kind of come up over. That's how to do it here. You kind of come up over the top, and you grab the lantern, and you can see down into the courtyard. Um, the lantern casts down across it, and you can see like these old um, leaf bear trees, uh, and they're kind of framed by the flash of the, the lightning and the rumbling of the thunder. Um, the courtyard itself is overgrown. Uh, lots of mud, overgrown weeds. Not far from your maybe a stone's throw away, you can see what looks like a carriage house, okay. where likely the horses and carriage were once kept. Uh, the doors are wide open, but you cannot see inside from where you're at. Okay. Yeah, so you're. I'm gonna. You're kind of right over here. Uh, I'm gonna scale quietly down. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass the lantern back, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna scale down the wall and open the doors for you guys. Oh. If you can hold on to that lantern. Uh, I will do my due diligence. Okay. Okay. Uh, so. Uh, Going down is always more difficult because the walls are wet and you don't have help. So it's going to be um, challenging to drop down. If you fail this, you will suffer falling damage. Okay. Let's do it. Make a um, challenging athletics test. 30 to pass. 20. Nice. Whoop, you drop down to either side. Side of the doors. You're inside the courtyard. You can very you can see that 
as as you suspected, these doors were fastened shut, which means somebody is probably in here. There's a heavy bar kind of on the other side of the doors with these like metal kind of rungs that come up where the board would slide into. It's heavy too. Uh, do you want to go ahead and move it? I'm gonna go ahead and move it and let my guys in. Okay. You move the you move the uh, you move the um, bit of lumber down and. The doors groan open as she pushes them open into the street, and you all make your way into the courtyard. Oh, thanks. She uh, <clears throat> she takes a little, just bit longer under the archway than either of you two do. As you can tell, that she's not really used to the frontier life at all. <laughs> if you want to just hold on to my my shoulder while we pass through here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like okay. that. Okay. All right. <laughs> so you you pass beneath the threshold, and um, you get a good sense that this is a place you probably don't belong. Um, now that you're actually in the courtyard, now that you can kind of see clearly with the lantern that I've cast down, because the lantern doesn't cast light downward when you're standing at the same plane, right? The same elevation. Uh, you can see the light kind of passes through. Uh, what you first you thought were just kind of clutching bits of um, or clutching weeds and you realize that uh, in the muck there are all manner of armored warriors uh, who Before? had one moment who had perished in oh. some vicious battle you can see bones sticking up out of armor face down the muck half buried um, helmets scattered here and there a shattered a shattered skull the bones have not been the bones have been bleached from the sun um, and this whole courtyard is littered with corpses not rotting corpses but corpses that have been long long since decomposed lots of rusted bucket helmets and brass plates before we go any further I'm gonna make sure that bit of lumber is not as close, so if someone is in here, they can't lock us in. So I'm going to go set this over here and kind of hide it to where we know where it is. Okay. Um, but I don't want it right there just in case all of a sudden our back's returned and someone just goes and locks us in and makes it harder to get out. So you'll leave the doors open in the street? Yeah. Okay. For an escape. Okay. What do you think? Sure. Okay. Let's do it. Wouldn't be the first time I've, I've foreclosed on a home. I'm a bailiff, after all. Just follow my lead. We belong here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, from your perspective, um, Toma, uh, you are inside this 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 manner of someone who probably Those is taxes. of yeah of of, <laughs> of considerable wealth. Perhaps in the the time that this place was built, you would guess it's like early third age. Uh, it looks like an old Rococo manor. Um, the it, it, you know the, the exterior has gargoyles grinning over the side over the sides of the roof. They're kind of where water would spill down. You can see, of course, where the water spills down. It leads into these low pools that gather that are ringed with stone. So you imagine, like when it's raining, the, they kind of spit water down. And it has on either side of the windows actually inside this inside this massive manor home. Um, but uh, most alarmingly. Uh, you notice that the carriage doors are open, um, and you can hear the wickering of a horse. I wonder what's so funny. 
I think I think that's a horse. Should we go check it out? Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's she, secure the premises first. Oh, was that oh was that a joke? She um, at first you think no it wasn't, and then she goes yeah yeah of course it was yes <laughs> yes good joke good joke okay you want to go see what's in there see if the horse is even alive yeah Maybe I suppose it's... so I mean obviously it's alive I mean well does it sound like the death rattle of a horse you know but, uh, you never know That's I'm no good. I'm no animal tamer so right. who knows. Let's go. Do you want to lead the way? And I got Pipistrilla on my I'll, shoulder. I'll lead the way. Alright. I actually am. Uh, I, I know a thing or two about horses, or at least how to take care of them. Okay. Oh, you're one of those horse girls. Um, <laughs> no. At 17, she took pictures of her feet and put them on Instagram. Yeah. And we knew that she was a horse girl now. <laughs> no. Um, I did spend some time in a stable. Oh. For quite some time. Noble trade? That groomery? No. Not, not grooming, but. Farrier? My former life uh, may have involved housing animals. Yes. Okay. Would not be uncommon for an auspex as when you begin your training to learn to heal, you, tip, you typically spend your time as an animal vendor mending animals, and then eventually you move on to mending people. Interesting. Yeah, let's go. Check out this horse flesh. Well, you know, if there's a live horse here, I wonder if there's a person here that tends to the horse. So we need to probably be quiet walking up to this spot. Just in case there's someone in there with a horse. Sure, we'll, we'll shoot him off. Okay. <laughs> shoot. Shoot. So you, 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 you walk through the courtyard and you cannot help but feel the clasping bones tug at your clothing as you walk through those places littered with the dead and it doesn't it looks like literally it looks like you're walking on endless bones upon bones upon bones like like a thousand thousand battles have happened here and they rattle and crack beneath every footfall of yours it makes for very hard terrain this all feels a little, a little strange. Is this uh, yeah. ringing bells as, as to what sort of what could be going on here? Is it just doesn't make sense for such a large pitched battle to have occurred in such a small area? To me. Yeah, right. it's almost like this is some sort of exposed ossuary. Hmm. Like whoever is in the city or within the manor has been gathering bones and literally putting them in the courtyard uh oh as if it was you know once again it's like an ossuary maybe they've been gathering the dead and but there's but there's no rhyme or reason to it there's no gravestones there's no headstones it's just been just the bones are just dumping yard yeah <laughs> this is offensive well just don't look down i am not offended but i know that the custodian is and this has been a wrong that has been done to her garden, and we need to rectify it. Well, we'll get to that when we have the time. Mm-hmm. Pressing matters, and 
begin walking through the graveyard. The garden to the dead. None laying properly to rest. You're not really sure what to expect. You come toward the carriage house. And as you grow closer with the Strella, you can feel the presence of horse flesh. Something large, big, a big, big horse. You can see where this horse has been basically kind of running through the courtyard and um, in, along the walls to stretch its legs. And there's a clear path that's been paved where the bone has almost been pulverized to dust. It all terminates here at the at the carriage house. And that's when you see it. In the flash of your lantern light, uh, you see a horse wearing this kind of teaked brass armor, barding, that hangs off of its haunches, this massively muscled neck. Imagine like those paintings that Thomas Hart Benton does of horses, like it gives that kind of almost comic book-like musculature, so tall and large as this horse. Without a doubt, this must be a storm horse. Appropriate, given it's a storm outside. These horses are prized for its strong will and unbreakable demeanor. Uh, I would recommend not getting any closer. We don't want it to feel outnumbered or a threat because these horses don't run. Kill us all if it feels threatened. The big boy. <laughs> I don't know about boy yet. Perhaps we could just close the stable. The so horse. I will try and approach the horse and see if there is a place to put the horse so it's not in the rain. If there's any feed nearby, you know, basic care. Mm-hmm. One thing you know about storm horses is that they were originally thought to have been um, come from the highlands of Dumbrood, the Emerald Kingdoms, and were selectively bred over the centuries to turn them into uh, horses bred strictly for battle. For what? Uh, for battle, for okay. war. Um, they don't spook from fire or loud sounds, which most horses will, but storm horses do not. Um, as you approach, um, you cannot help but feel the overwhelming presence of this magnificent yet terrifying beast from the north. Go ahead and make a routine animal handling test if you would, Mr. Lund. Should I spell train and handle animals? So routine would make it 69. <laughs> 69. I have <laughs> I have a skill rank in Handle Animal. I will break that bad habit of mine. You got 94. I would like to reroll this one. Sure. Go ahead and use your... I'll take that fortune point. It'll turn into a misfortune. I've got two now. All right, let's try this again. 69. Nice. And 54 will succeed. Nice. Literally nice. <laughs> uh, you look for feed, but there is none. Uh, but you managed to get to the doors. And you close the doors to the to the uh, carriage house with a solid clunk, and then you throw the bolt over on the exterior. Well, I have the doors closed, so I don't think it will break on through to the other side. Unless it really wants to. <laughs> Wouldn't put it past that thing. Is the doors reference? Yes. 
Did it like was it, okay. was it like a Holdor? I almost started singing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a Holdor. Like it's almost like the, the carriage like the carriage house was it was there's not really a stable here. Um, there's hitching posts outside, but there's no stable. But this was meant to garage a carriage, mm-hmm. um, and the horses inside of it. So you just close both of the almost like big barnyard doors mm-hmm. on the stable. Like it's literally locked in. There's no way of ingress or egress. Okay. We should be good. And um, if someone left it here, perhaps they will come back for it. But uh, if we get to a better place, then we can come back for it and make sure that. We'll open the door back up before we leave. Certainly not very stu- good stewards of their horse, leaving it out here amongst all these bones that could break an ankle in this storm. Hmm. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go wander around, see what we can find. Looking around the courtyard, um, as you close the, the stable doors, uh, you realize that just across the way is this very tall, soaring, single-story manor home. Its roof is uh, made of gray clay. And they have shattered and broken and discolored and discolored over time. There's all manner of shattered bits like collapsed on the ground in front of this place. This place is wildly overgrown. Um, the windows out front are also stained glass, but they're completely intact. And they seem to flank either side of the manor home. Between them, perfectly positioned, is this large stone threshold. And doors similar to the ones that led into the courtyard here. Um, now you can see how thick they are. Thick and heavy, meant to keep a mob at bay. These doors are wide open. And you can see bits of torchlight coming from within. You can see the flickering of torchlight on the, on the puddles that have formed outside on the ground. There's movement within. There are people within this place. I would like to sneak up to the wall and kind of peek in or listen in uh, to see what I can hear or see. Okay. Um, As you prepare to do this, uh, you realize when you came into the courtyard that you kind of didn't make any means to keep yourselves quiet. You had your lantern out, so it's going to make this arduous stealth test. Okay. However, I will say this. Um, if you fail, you're going to suffer mental peril from anxiety. Okay. If you critically fail, you are immediately discovered. Okay. So it's an arduous stealth test. Okay. So I've got to get 17. <laughs> no big deal, right? And we got this. <laughs> 74. Hmm. That was a big old fail. I'm gonna uh, stress. Yeah. I'm gonna stress. Feel it. Um, you were going to. Oh gosh, eleven mental peril. Eleven mental peril. So, oh, ten. So, okay. So I've got ten, and eleven yeah. is over that. So I go to the next one. So yeah. plus six. Right. So um, it's uh, if it, if you go over the first one, you go one step down. If you go over the second one, there. You I got it. Okay. Okay, so you're so whenever you move your peril condition track or your damage condition track down, always announce where you're at on 
around it. I am now imperiled. Okay, perfect. Uh, so, uh, some quick, just kind of above board things we do at our table, just as a reminder for everyone. Before you roll your dice, let us know what you're saying. I get a X amount chance for success. Roll us so I can pass, fail, crit succeed, or crit fail. Um, anytime that you move up or down the parallel damage condition track, announce where you're at. Okay. I do the same too. Um, I typically do the same for foes you fight. I will always announce where they're at the damage or parallel condition track. Obviously, with figures, you can see it by the rings. Um, the good thing is, is that, for that beyond that, um, you manage to sneak toward the the doors, and um, you begin to peer peer inside, <clears throat> and um, you get a really bad feeling. Yeah, sure. As you can see within. I'm holding. I'm holding the as I'm kind of. Peered up, I'm holding my light kind of as far away from the door as I can, and I want to get Pipistrilla's attention and just say, Dang. And she whispers, Okay. Well, within, immediately within sight, you can see two emaciated looking figures. And these emaciated figures are holding what appears to look like extinguished torches. But the torches are held wretched high above their head, almost as if their arm was stuck as such. And you can see the gross musculature of these things stripped of their flesh. Within are the damned. Their torches still are kind of smoldering, like the light had just extinguished. I get torch bearers or torch bears. Torch bears, <laughs> as I sometimes say. Torch bears. Torch bears sound terrible, by the way. <laughs> it's a bear on fire. Bear on fire. Rawr. 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 Ow. They have not seen you at this point. So, what will you tell them? really quiet. <laughs> she whispers to um, Toma. I hold up my uh, flange mace, indicating that I'll go in first. And then she turns to her shepherd sling, just kind of shrugs and gets it ready. I take out my staff. Charge in. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> I guess that means that uh, I need to roll some <laughs> initiative uh, for the torch bears. Uh, for the torch bearers. <laughs> um, so, Adam, can you go back to the initiative yeah. ladder, please? And um, my torch bearers, just put them on the whichever one you want there. They have an initiative value of to so ten.
wish I had on this laptop is a mixer. So starting with Toma. Toma, you're at the doors, so go ahead and move your figure up there if you would. Okay. You're kind of Yeah. What will you do? I'm gonna charge in at the first available target. Okay, so the one nearest you? Mm-hmm. Okay. So one, two, three, four, five. So that's enough to get the charge bonus. Nice. You have to go at least three. So by charge bonus, what do you mean? Um, so you have to travel at least three squares to get your charge. Three yards. Three yards, yeah. Yep. Where does it say that? So I know where you're at. Oh, right here. Yeah. On this thingy. Okay. That's right. So you charge forward three yards and you prepare to crash into them. Normally, by the way, you gain surprise. So normally, attacks made during surprise, any any dice where you basically make is typically uh, easy. But in this case, since you charged, it's actually trivial for you. So make a okay. trivial. Uh, what do you? You're assuming you use a melee attack. Uh, no, I'm actually going to take down first. Oh, nice. Okay. So uh, it's trivial. Okay. Trivial takedown is athletics or coordination. Uh, my athletics is 47, and my coordination is 50. So I'm going to use coordination of 50, and since it's trivial, it'll be 80 percent chance to succeed. Nice. And 33 is a critical success. So normally, any time that you use a perilous stunt during a, at a foe when they're surprised, they cannot resist anything. So they just fall prey to whatever you do. I mean, they can't dodge, parry, resist spells, things like that, or perilous stunt. So they obviously cannot, they can't resist regardless. But because you roll a critical success, um, whenever you succeed with a takedown, um, they can't resist, but the thing is, though, is because um, we need to award that somehow. So I think I'll award that by give, giving you back one of your fortune Which points. Which I'm going to immediately use. <laughs> oh, okay, all so right. Let's go ahead and keep it. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay, so you sweep, you sweep one of the damned off their feet, and you raise your flanged mace for a melee attack. Mm -hmm. This too is trivial. Okay. You charged, and it's still during a surprise. All right, so my I have martial melee trained, so that puts my skill at 61, and Trivial brings it up to 91% chance to succeed. Nice. And that's a three, which is success. Nice. Roll damage, and because they're on the ground, add one d6, and because they're surprised, add an additional d6, so. So damage, uh -huh. on the ground, surprise, charge. Charge, that's right, 46. 46. Plus your weapon bonus, yeah. Nine uh, plus ten more. That's nineteen, and this is a six. Twenty plus my uh, damage bonus is twenty-five. Twenty-five. Wow, close. Um, <laughs> well, uh, it is seriously wounded. I'll throw rings on it, and we'll throw it on the ground here, too. This, the thing is seriously wounded. So uh, go ahead and roll 2d6 to see if it's injured. Nope. Mm, no injury. Um, okay, so anything else, Tama? That's it for my turn. Okay. So be sure to pass off the new of the baton. 
passing my the baton to the torchbearers. The torchbearers. Uh, but, but it is a surprise round. It's right. So it goes to Spillicent. Yes, yeah, so Spillicent. Because you will have surprise, they have they're not able to react quite yet. Okay. So what would you like to do? I would like to go in and basically do the same thing. Attack um, the other one or the same target? I th- uh, I want to attack the same target. He's, he's. Let's just get him. Okay. Okay. Get him while so the game's good. So, what? Pause for a moment. Okay. Let's decide what action you're going to use to get up there. So, oh, charge right. is two times movement. My movement is eight. So you can move up to sixteen yards or sixteen squares on onto this. Okay. Yeah, so let's, let's do that because it's not that cool. far. So go ahead and move your character. Remember, this is chess rules. So if you take your figure off, you take your figures off Red. the figure. Uh, unless you drop it for some reason, obviously. I'm gonna go right here. Nice. Okay. Um, you rush forward uh, toward the torturebearer, one of the damned, uh, and now you've charged forward. You use two action points. You have one action point left. What will you do with it? Um, melee attack. Okay. Uh, so with you, what do you, what will you use? My staff. Your staff, or I have my Widowmaker, but it's not. Installed. It has to be in scouts to unlock its other powers, but you can still use it. Oh, I it can as a still weapon. use it. That's why you have stats on there. Uh, yeah. Then I'm going to use my Widowmaker. Obvs. Cool. Obvs. Um, so it's. So it's, yeah, for it's, you it's going to be a trivial, oh. simple, or martial melee test. Whichever is better for you. I think it's simple melee is better for you. Uh, simple melee is better. Yeah. So trivial on that. Combat. So 45, trivial. 55, 85 to succeed. Nice. And I got 15, so I succeed. Cool. So normally you roll what your da- what weapon damage you are normally? Uh, 1d6 plus my CB. Yeah. So. Where's the CB? Oh, that one. Yep. You can translate all these numbers on over there, but before you roll, just be aware because it's surprise, you roll an additional d6, and because you charged, you get an additional d6. And because it's on the ground, it's an additional d6. So it's 4d6 plus combat bonus and damage. Can I borrow a d6, please? Thank you. Time to crush. <laughs> if you need more dice, there's a dice pumpkin over there. <laughs> when you okay. dice. <laughs> so I'm going to roll. I got no sixes. Okay. Would you like to make one six? You can spend a fortune <laughs> point to turn any die into a face six. Is that advisable? Yeah, if you want to do a lot of damage. It's seriously wounded. But we don't so know. look, you can we see where that is on the damage condition right, track. Right, but we don't know what will make it dead. Right, so it's got okay. two more steps to go down. So it's your call whether you think you need to die. Uh, okay, turn so since I rolled a bunch of no sixes, that mm-hmm. means it's I didn't. They don't explode. They don't explode. So explode means, so... Add your numbers together first. Let's, let's 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 get your damage done first. I'll tell you what a phase six does. So you did damage. Eleven. You did only eleven damage. Even including that number. Oh 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 eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen. Oh, cool. Fifteen. So fifteen damage. So what you can do, you can put you could you could use a fortune point to turn one of those dice into a phase six. If it turned into a phase six, you actually because anytime you roll a six on a six sided die for damage. You actually roll another six sider. You continue to roll six siders until you no longer generate a and six. And that just adds and adds yeah. and adds to that that's damage. Right. So it's basically called exploding dice. Okay. Now that's only for damage. For injuries, it's different. It's a different mechanic. But for damage, if you have exploding sixes, you continue rolling until you no longer generate a six. So 
um, if you were to choose one to explode, probably the best one to do would be the one that you have there. Because I see. Damage. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and try it. Okay. So how much damage have you done so far? So fifteen. So roll one d six again and add that to fifteen. Well, that that fifteen would go up to twenty. Uh, that's right. Twenty. It turned into that's right. Six. So twenty. And now no. you're rolling again. Yep. So twenty plus. And another six. Twenty six. So roll another six times. Yeah. It exploded. So twenty six damage so far. <laughs> Another six. <laughs> All right, so 32 damage. <laughs> and three. Okay. 35. 35. 35 total damage. Well, um, describe to us what happens when when Widowmaker crashes into the Torchbearer. What do we see? What does a Widowmaker look like first? Well, it's a... It's it's a is it it's a, a long slender shattered it's a long slender blade of black metal that looks like it's made from the stars itself. Ooh, okay. So when I when I when I went to uh, hit this guy, mm-hmm. he was he was down. So I'm looking at him, and I went down to hit him, and I started at the top of his skull, and I just went <laughs> and just like started piercing his skull apart uh-huh. and just opening it up. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it it like is a, um pumpkin. Yeah. At this point, uh the 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 thing is the torchbearer has been slain. Bye. So, uh, yeah. Bye. Bye. So I'll remove the rings from the from the battlefield for now. But now we have two cups. I made you I made you guys some bowls. Oh, nice. Out of a skull. <laughs> So that leaves uh, only one torch bearer left in here. So you've used all three action points at this point. So is there anything else you want to do? Um, I check on Pipistrilla. Well, she's outside the door. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I just look back and okay. make sure she's okay. Party's half over. Yeah. Yep. So, whenever your turn is over, you oh, pass. Yeah, yeah. You pass um, the initiative baton to the person who's next on the initiative ladder. Okay, I'll be like, Yo, Pipistrilla, <laughs> get in here. Oh, okay. Um, as she will uh, come towards the door. Okay. So she was going to hustle. Okay. And her movement is seven. Now, before I do anything else. The injuries from last game session. Ignore are, them. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, one, two, No diagonal three. movement, remember. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, shit. Only, Was I there? Yep, yeah, only cardinal okay. movement. North, one, east, two, west. three, four, five, six. Orthogonal, yeah. Seven, as yeah. she steps into the doorway. And to, and to clarify real quickly on that, that is a house rule we use. Yeah. Because our gameplay area is so small, uh, we don't use diagonal movement. Right. Uh, <laughs> sorry. So, uh... I am going to take aim at the other one with my section ac- second action point with my shepherd sling, and then I'm going to release the sling. Release the sling. Okay. The good thing is, is that nobody is engaged. Yeah. With it, but your friends are technically in the way. They are. So uh, I'm just gonna make this test just easy. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it'll be easy regardless. Okay. Now, is was easy a part of the difficulty? Yeah. Okay, so I won't add that to my test. So um, easy, simple ranged, which I do not have trained. Doorway. That. Sixty-one percent. Very cool. You got this, Mister. 
And a 14 will succeed. Nice. Roll damage. So, um, obviously, account for 1d6 for um, surprise. Okay. So, one for normal, one for surprise. Mm -hmm. And there's a 6 and a 1. So, uh, there's one explosion. So, 7. <laughs> 2 nice is uh, nine. 9 plus combat is 4. And yeah, there's no extra things influencing that, so uh, 13. 13. 13 damage, nice. Uh, so the torchbearer is moderately wounded as I will place the rings on the figure. These are great, these help me track. I don't have to write anything down using this, it's perfect. <laughs> uh, I use little baby trick we picked up, notes. Little, little, little trick we picked up using old pop rings when we first started playtesting Zweihander. Um, so yeah, you, you hit it with the, with the rock. Nice. nice. You want to do anything else? And he goes, right uh, past you got it moderately wounded. Well, it does moderately, yeah. Should I roll for injury? Yeah, you absolutely should. Okay. Yeah. It's 1d6 for moderate injury and see if it's injured. It is not. Okay. So the torch bearer, Roar, Roar does not suffer any. And what did you roll on that die? A three. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So since it's not Sorry. a six, it does not try. Yeah, yeah. So um, after you after you. you do damage um, and you move them down the damage condition track, like we spoke about, Paige, you'll see underneath each of the the, yeah. the each of theirs, there's like a mm -hmm. lightly wounded doesn't cause in, there's no chance for injury. So okay. basically, when you move somebody down or you move down, there's always a chance to suffer a permanent lasting injury beyond the damage. Okay, so, yeah, explain the damage. So damage is like a temporary thing, and the injury is, like, severe. Yes. Okay. And the injuries get worse and worse the further you are down the damage condition okay. track. Like, a moderate injury may be, like, a bruised eye. A serious injury may be a shattered orbit. Gotcha. And a grievous injury may be a lost eye okay what would a damaged eye be just like a little cut or something like right. i'm trying to understand right. damage yeah. and so injury damage is things that would affect you right then and there in the moment mm -hmm. got um, it injuries got it. are got things it. that will affect we'll you continue. after the fight we just, they typically well, impair your okay yeah use um, of your character in some okay. way right and so damage can be healed with bandages laudanum um but, but injuries, not <laughs> yeah, not naps. <laughs> That's right. um, but injuries uh, need Certainly. like treatment, specific kinds gotcha. of treatment, okay. yeah. like setting a bone or mm -hmm. uh, got it. Yeah. Treat injury and perform okay. surgery used to, to to treat different kinds of injuries. And injuries all there are various types of injuries, and they are all wildly different. There's like 33 different injuries, but sometimes whenever you actually generate an injury, you may actually get lucky and escape death. Yeah. Sometimes you'll get fortune, fortune will be on your side because it's a randomized roll on my side. It's it'll maybe you may actually escape injury. Sometimes it may get worse. Like you may actually just die from one hit. That can happen okay. too. Okay. So yeah. Well. So if you actually do roll a six on the injury die, you would roll a d100, two d10, and that would that shows what. What I look at on my table. table. Uh, although, gotcha. although what we'll start doing next week though is we'll actually have cards you can draw, draw from. Yeah. Oh, fine. We'll have the cards you can draw yeah. from. Okay. Yeah. Um, fine. Okay. So right now I am well not in this game session, but in our campaign, mm -hmm. I am currently suffering from two injuries. Uh, I have a bruised eye socket, which that's why I asked first before I rolled because I need to see to uh, toss that gotcha. stone. So gotcha, I, would need, gotcha. I would need to flip to fail and. Um, I am also shell shocked, 
which I would have only oh, been able to right. roll yeah. one die instead okay. of two. Yeah. yeah. But because those injuries are in our normal game, we're using this as kind of yeah. like just to kind of play yeah. around with. I see. With some some injuries, we're just right. going to assume that right. um, all is all is well. Yeah. So um, that brings that. So whose turn is it next? Oh, sorry. It is uh, Tomat. Okay, Tomat. Now you're, you're no longer. You're they're no longer surprised. Adam, do me a favor. Put yeah. a red dot beside the torch bearers. One of the red magnets. So the initiative ladder, that, I don't know if our, our viewers can't see it, but well, our initiative ladder is like a... Perhaps they can if I talk for a little bit. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So they can, now they can see it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we use a magnetic Very board nice. to track everything. Um, we had our names, write all the names on little magnetic plates. And then we also have, yeah, like there... And you can also see that we have, yeah, like Pipistrella. She's right there with her initiative. And then also we have little magnetic dots uh, that I use sometimes to, they can't see it, it's not focused on you, but yeah, there we go. Uh, the magnetic dots actually are, they're visual indicators for me to remember something Hold that's on. that could or will happen on a specific turn. And if somebody actually has initiative shifted around, which can happen sometimes where you initiative gets shifted around, um, it then resets the initial ladder in places. But that's something that you need to necessarily worry about as a player. I track all that, but that visual indicator is very important for me to remember what I need to do. Um, so, Toma, it is your turn. Okay, I will hustle over to the torchbearer. Uh, One, torchbearer. two, three, four. Mm -hmm. uh, and just to do something different, I'm going to attempt a stunning blow this time. Ooh. Nice. Uh, so, when engage with the foe, make an athletics or interrogation test. Okay. I'm going to do interrogation. Nice. All right. So, what's my difficulty? Uh, so, um, it's probably going to... Actually, well, wait. No, I'm sorry. I don't have interrogation, so I'll do no. athletics. Sorry. Okay, cool. So, in this case, you're like basically probably punching them in the kidney or the gut. Mm -hmm. If it was interrogation, you'd be actively like using physic, trying to use physical torture by trying to hurt them in some mm -hmm. way to make them ache. But in this case, you're just basically doing a haymaker to the underside of the, the, the chest. Uh, go ahead and roll a standard athletics test. Okay, so my athletics is 47. Okay. 47. Oh, sorry, routine, my apologies. Okay, routine. so since it's routine, it's a 57% chance to succeed. And I rolled a 39, which is a success. Nice. So because you used a stunning blow, I need attempt to resist using toughness. Uh, my, my first die roll, finally. <laughs> um, my toughness is, oh god, uh, I got a 40% chance to succeed. So I'm rolling right here. I roll a 26, it resisted, All unfortunately. Right. So um, your, your stunning blow failed. Doesn't mean you can't try again. I will not try again. Do you I have will. some? Do you have a free hand, by the way? Uh, you have a shield? In the, I'm, no, I'm flanged. not using a shield. I'm just using okay. a flange maced. Okay. Mace. Cool. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and just do a standard attack. Sustain melee attack? Yeah, standard melee attack, yeah. Okay. So uh, you raise your your mace down, your flange mm -hmm. mace. It's a standard standard test. Standard game. difficulty. Okay, so yeah. my uh, martial melee is 61, so 61% chance to succeed. And I rolled a 29, which is a success. Nice. Uh, well, it doesn't have any action points to parry, so go ahead and roll damage. Uh, so I rolled a 5, and I, my combat bonus is 5, so I do 10 damage. Nice! And my my weapon is powerful. Uh-huh. So uh, the foe must resist or be shoved out of the engagement. That's right. So, um... 
I forgot last turn. Yeah. <laughs> so it is slightly moderately seriously wounded. So um, go ahead and roll two d six chaos dice first. Okay. So it's injured. No sixes. Okay. Five um, five. Let's see if it resists being shoved backwards. I don't think it's going to because it's really a toughness test. Um, just forty percent. Roll a thirty-one. Oh my gosh! It actually managed to stay. <laughs> Look at these dice. These beautiful blackbirds <laughs> dice for Norse Foundry. Cheers. That saves. Um, we thought our, we thought my last dice were great. These are awesome dice. Even though I was cursing them before we started playing. Um, <laughs> so it's not shoved backwards. Okay. Anything else you want to do? No last dice. Remember. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Oh, so okay. So my turn is over. So now the torchbearer's turn. Yes, it is. Hellboy. Finally get a chance to ask. So you can move the magnet. Um, From the ground, the one you would split (laughs) open Uh, begins to kind of slowly shamble up. It grabs, in fact, it grabs a hold of... It grabs a hold of um, Tomas' pant leg, and you can feel it kind of pulling its way up as it is restored to... Grievously wounded. Oh boy! Coming, try it, it, it tries to come up on its feet. Um, it is going to. Oh gosh! Did that not work for me here? Um, jolly, golly gee. Golly gee, Willikers. Um, so it is grievously wounded. It is not in fact slain. <laughs> the torchbearer is still somehow alive, shambling back to unlife, and as it's doing this. I am going to spin a fortune point to actually use its death rattle. And a... Yeah. <clears throat> I'll split open, like, yeah. in Terminator. That's right. Yeah, it's kind of grunty. Um, <laughs> uh, so everybody needs to um, uh, make a... needs to resist with a challenging resolve test. So this is an ability of the monster. That's right. Okay. Called death rattle. Alright. Challenging, challenging resolve. resolve. Forty-two. Forty-two for me too. And I failed. I succeeded with a twelve. Uh, How many fortune points do we have? Enough. Go ahead. All right, I'm gonna reroll that. I have a fifty-six percent chance. I'll take that. Twenty-one is a success. Nice. So who failed? I failed. All right. So uh, because you failed, uh, you were going to suffer. Uh, nine mental peril. Uh, I'm good. Oh, nice. nice. That's right. You have a high. You have a I have high. Ten. Yeah. Yeah. Her her Very her nice. stats are pretty pretty beefy. Yeah. Um, yeah. However, <laughs> you yes. will still gain three corruption. So uh, in the course. center circle, mark a three. <clears throat> Got it. So that's it. Still has three action points. So it's going to get up of for two action points, and um. It is going to uh, attempt to wrap its hand, so it still has the torch arrested in its arm like this. As it pulls its way up Tomas' body, it grabs it. It lunges out with its other hand to grab a hold of your throat to choke you. So I'm gonna try a chokehold. Mm-hmm. Get that chokehold action. Um, chokehold. So it's gonna be higher for athletics. It's gonna be a 50% chance. I rolled a 70. However, I'm going to re-roll that by spending a misfortune point. Oh, boy. So I can see if I can get a hold of you here. 50% chance is high enough to try to re-roll, I think. 
Um, 78. I roll almost the exact same thing. So you manage to somehow fend it off. Um, as it turns, as its turn comes to a close. The other torchbearer seems to shrug off some of its, its, its injuries as it is now moderately wounded. And it kind of looking around where it's at here, it too is going to attempt to uh, take Toma uh, as it takes measure for just a mere moment um, to figure out exactly what it's going to do. As I'm, it's going to take aim for one action point, and it's going to do a chokehold mm-hmm. for another action point. So this makes it a 60% chance to succeed. I really want to get the chokehold off. So take aim is a special action where yep. you can spend one or two AP, and it gives you a bonus to your base chance to hit. That's right. So you can increase your chances to strike whenever you take aim beforehand. Okay. So I rolled 19, which you got a hold of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you need to attempt to resist uh, a, a um, chokehold uh, using um, athletics. However, because it has an ability called Gotcha, you need to flip to fail. Mm-hmm. And what's the difficulty? Standard. Okay. So, flip to fail a standard... Or sorry, challenging because it took aim. Okay, so... Yeah. It was a routine on their side, yep. so it turns to challenging on mine. That's right. Uh, so challenging athletics for me is, I, athletics is normally 47, so since it's challenging, it's 37, which is what to fail. And I rolled a 10, so that's either a 10 or a 1. Yeah. So I succeeded. Nice! Okay. Yes. So you managed to escape its grasp. Um, however, it is not going to give up. It's coming to let you down. It's not going to let you down. It's going to keep trying to choke you again. But its chances are going to grow worse. As its chances now are only forty. But it's never going to give you up. It will never. <laughs> it's never going to give up until it runs out of action points. So you're you winning know, on that. Right. <laughs> I rolled a fifteen. I hit. All right. Um, so go ahead and make a standard, uh, a standard um, athletics test and okay. flip to fail. So forty-seven percent chance to succeed. Flip to fail. Um, and this time, I rolled a 37, which turned into a 73. Oh, no! Okay, so it's you. It's t- it took aim for one. It tried to choke for the first time. The second time, managed to get a hold of you. So when you're caught in a chokehold, um, you immediately suffer a 1d10 plus brawn bonus and damage. My brawn bonus. So damage, uh, damage and peril, or... sorry. So you suffer 12 physical peril. Okay, so my peril threshold is 8. I move to imperil. Okay. Something that you notice about the torchbearer is that it literally lifts Toma off the ground as he drops his weapons. He's holding onto its into onto its wrists, and because it has the ability of gotcha, it actually can maintain that for zero action points. Normally, when you choke somebody, your your turn's over. Their turn's over. It's over. This thing is so powerful; it can pick up Toma and make other actions. So Toma's being held by the throat. Tomas holding on to its wrist, trying to escape the thing, and the thing is going to spend an action point or a, a, a fortune point to then um, gain an action point. Gain an action point, <laughs> and it's going to proceed to hustle forward toward Pipistrella. And then I will spend a final oh boy fortune point um, to actually make a 
melee attack against you. Okay. With Toma oh. as it swings him through the air. Does the um, gotcha ability make me drop my weapons? Anytime you're caught in a chokehold, your hand, your you lose grasp of whatever you had in your hands. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's I'm I'm Toma is very quickly yeah approaching me and he's kind of coming forward to like shove you forward with Toma as a improvised hand weapon. Okay. Um, he's an attempt to strike. I have a 50% chance to hit. I rolled an 80. So as Tama is shoved toward you, you manage to stagger back and just narrowly escape being struck. Okay. So. <clears throat> Tama, say the words. Oh, wait. <coughs> That's Torch, the words. Torchbearer. Okay, Torchbearer <laughs> said the words. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to... I would like to attempt to cut his arm off that's holding Toma. I'm sorry? I'd like to attempt to use my Widowmaker to chop at his arm that's holding Toma. Okay. Uh, to, sorry, to clarify, in a chokehold, your hand, you don't drop anything, but the only thing you can do is attempt to escape. Right. Okay. Oh, am I in the chokehold? No, no, I, no, he is. He is. He, oh, it was an yeah. earlier question. So he's holding on to oh. his. He's holding on to the to the to the to the flange mace in one hand, trying to escape. Right. I, I didn't know yep. if it was a new rule. That's why when you yeah. looked at me, I was like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's so new to me. <laughs> uh, here's the thing about chokehold: if you manage to, if somebody has somebody else caught in a chokehold, and you do enough damage to move them at least one step down the damage or peril condition track. They will immediately relinqu relinquish the chokehold. Okay. So this is wise what you're doing. Okay. Um, I'd like to do that. Well, well, you could if it was your turn. Oh, I thought it was my turn. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, it's actually. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. It is a spell sister. I'm so sorry. You're right. Yeah. Um, okay, so you just want to like, do a melee attack then? Yeah, melee uh, uh, with my widowmaker. Okay. And then. Anything you'd like to do before that? Well, he's really up on me. Yeah. And you could potentially stab so Toma. Sh should I move to where I have a better vantage point? To... So you could take aim uh, to do that. Let me look um, at. Let me look. Okay, take yeah, aim. Okay. okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and take aim. Okay. Would you like to devote one or two action points to to taking aim? I'm gonna do two action points. Okay. So that it because I'm sure that makes it better. It does. A better chance. So yeah. I'm gonna do two action points to take aim. And then I'm gonna do a melee attack with my Widowmaker. Okay, so that's three action points total. Yes. All your action points, okay. Yes. Uh, wow, so it's gonna be, um, it'll move from hard to standard. You have a standard, standard melee. difficulty rating to strike. Simple melee. Mm -hmm. So 45, 55 to succeed. And I got a 94, so that's a fail. I'll spend a fortune point. There you go. Yeah. You got this. Oh, you're all? Okay. Look yeah. at that. Hey, catching on. And I got a 77. A 77? Yes. Does that succeed? Does that succeed? That's a fail. It not, only, it's a, not only a fail. A critical fail. Yeah, guess who you just stabbed? Roll oh, damage. Come on, I'm so sorry! <laughs> <laughs> Slash! You stabbed! Oh, what a, what a misfortunate turn of events. Yeah, I didn't know with the easy and the aim and the, you know, all that if it was success. So. Is it a, a 1d6? 1d6, yeah. In 1. 
uh, turn that into plus. a six. I'm gonna spend a oh. one plus what? I'm sorry. Uh, one plus uh, combat. Yep. Five. So I'm gonna spend a misfortune point to Shit. turn your six sider into six. So anytime you or I can spend a misfortune point to turn anything into a six, you can spend a fortune point to turn anybody's six into a six. So I'm going to use mine to turn yours into a six so that you do more damage. Oh. So it's six plus combat bonus plus an additional d6 six, of damage. Seven, eight, nine, ten. So now it's ten. So now I'm going to roll again. Thanks. Yeah. One. Okay, so mm -hmm. how much 11. damage? So Toma, your stab for 11 damage. Okay. Toma, so I'm my sorry. damage condition, or my damage threshold is seven. That means my second threshold is 13. So it's, it's exceeded my first threshold. So I moved to lightly wounded. Cool. Sorry, bro. <laughs> oh! Bad. It's just a flesh wound. <laughs> it's just a flesh wound. Does Millicent anything else you wish to do? Um, I think that's all I can do. Okay. So I'm just gonna be like, ha ha, sorry. So. And then I will say, Pipistrella, help! I just, I just <laughs> messed up real bad. Clovis always says fire, and she'll switch hands at the beginning of her turn because you can you can do that for zero AP and she's now holding the lantern in her main hand and she's going to do something brash as oh. she is okay come on you can do this you can do this um, she's going to charge forward I can't get her out of the door right. oh, no. <laughs> so, one two three four five um, towards this one here mm -hmm. and um, swing the torch at it trying to see if fire works because it went down once um, yeah hopefully we can nice are you striking the one that has a hold of um... oh I see you're Just striking the one that's the one that already went down yeah the yeah, one. I don't okay. know which one that is yeah that's a grievous yeah, the other one that's not holding it Sorry, bud. So you raise the you raise the lantern and swing toward it. Yeah. Um. So it is an improvised weapon with the it is now an improvised weapon with the MLA quality. Okay. Um. So go ahead and make a routine test. Routine. Um, it also has the break quality. Yes. So routine is going to make it sixty-one percent chance. Eighty-seven won't do it. Do we have any more fortune points? You have endless fortune points. You have all the fortune points, in fact. Okay. Oh well, yeah. Let's re-roll that. Okay. Sixty-one. Yes. <laughs> Fourteen will succeed. Nice. Uh, go ahead and roll damage and modify by broad, but it's just an improvised weapon. Okay, and then one extra because of charging. Yep. Okay, so modify our brawn bonus. We're gonna have. Uh, I'm gonna spend another fortune point to turn that into that one into a six. Nice. Okay. So, uh, uh, wow. All right. So the lantern shatters everywhere. Eighteen um, damage coming into it. Wow. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, they are now burning on fire yes. and, and dead. But as the lantern snuffs out, mm -hmm. um, we need to put at the top of the at the top of the initiative ladder. Um, you're now um, in um, fleeting shadows. 
So the lighting has changed from perfect light to fleeting shadows. So whenever there is fleeting shadows, um, you cannot use assist dice, and you flip to fail perception-based skill tests. Because it's dark. Yeah, I mean, it's not total darkness, but it's yeah. dark it's enough. Dar to dark that. enough, that's right. Dark enough to be, oh shit, I can't see a lot. Um, Could we take a pause? Yeah, let's, uh, let's do that real quick. Picking up where we left off, whose turn were we at? We just announced Fleeting Shadows because yes. uh, Pipistrella destroyed the lantern, set this one on fire. We're and it has been f it has been dispatched at this point. It is truly gone. Um, anything else you want to do, Pipistrella? Uh, there's lots that I want to do, but I can't because <laughs> I'm out of action points. <laughs> so. <coughs> Gesundheit. Okay, so whose turn is it? Oh, I'm sorry. It is Toma. Okay. Toma is currently in a chokehold, oh, so there's only one thing he can do. Attempt to resist. And it's a flip to fail to resist. Flip to fail. Yeah, what's Maybe. The, it's just an athletics. Get flip to flail. Fail. Flip to flail. Standard, you are flailing. Standard athletics, which is 47. Flip to fail. And he has a flail. Uh, and that's a 94. <laughs> I'll go ahead and re -roll. So use a fortune point. Uh -huh. Okay, I'll take that. Yes. And that's a fifty-seven. I'll turn to a seventy-five. So fail again. Yeah. So if you can't escape a chokehold, you turn it over. Mm -hmm. You need all your action points. Okay. So you move now to the torch bearer. So singular. Before that happens, I, I do take. Uh, you don't. Peril only when they only maintain. only on yeah. turn. Okay. Speaking of which, speaking of maintaining a chokehold, it is at the it is now the beginning of the torchbearer's turn, who has him caught in a chokehold, and they can main in this case a torchbearer because of their trait they can maintain for zero action points. So now Tomas suffers. Wow, um, I'm so sorry. Fourteen physical peril. So my second threshold is fourteen. So it met my second threshold, did not exceed. So I simply go down. One spot in the Feral Condition track to ignore one skill rank. Uh, also, it appears that the Torchbearer is somehow shrugging off its wounds and it is now lightly wounded. Of course it is. What a cheer. I'm just going to keep... I'm going to keep his figure right there. Uh, the Torchbearer... Torchbearer. <laughs> Torchbearer. With, uh, is it has a hold of um, Toma with its immense strength and it's still holding up the other... Wretched arm in the air, it can't even really use. Um, it is going to attempt to use Tomas' body to swing once again toward cool. um, Uh It's not like it's like he's not like <laughs> like a, like a rag doll, right? so much as it is like using the, the, the his whole body. He's thrashing around and trying to slam him into you. It's a two-handed weapon. I've got two hands. It's <laughs> <laughs> clever. Um, that's right. He has the adaptable quality. Uh, <laughs> so it's going to attempt to strike you, um, and um, it's going to actually use a called shot. So anytime that if you use an action called a called shot, uh, it cannot be dodged or parried. Um, you can't attempt to avoid this, essentially. Okay. Uh, my, but, and I'm going to take aim before that. Cool. So it's, He's going to fail anyways. It's fine. We'll see. So 50% chance is so Typically, a called shot would give you negative 10% chance That's right. to hit, but he's taking aim, so that cancels that out. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So I had a 55% chance to strike. 
Uh, I rolled a 57. A 57. Or did I, as I'll use this misfortune ah, point. <laughs> I mean, I was re-roll. right. I was right for a second. You are just for a moment. We'll see what happens. It's going to miss me again. I rolled a zero seven. Ah, I hit. Uh, with, the, with the body. Oh, um, wow. Oh, my. You're, uh, you're bony. Oh, my leg. Ouch. <laughs> Your hip, so, your hip hit me. Your hip me, I'll hit you. It'll your deal. hip hit me, hit my job. Five plus three. No, I'm going to spend a misfortune point to turn that six adder into six. Uh-huh. So it does six plus five, eleven. Uh, Fifteen damage. So Tama is slammed into you, and the, the edge of the flange mace bashes you in the head as you suffer 15 damage. Well, now I'm moderately wounded. Oh, no. But don't. Okay, so... When you're moderately wounded, what's the save below it? 1d6. Wait, what? What's the save below moderately wounded? 1d6 for injury. Yep. So roll 1d6. Oh, I roll it against myself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, so you don't even roll the injury against I have players roll it. Your fate is in your hands. Uh, Fate is in your hands, dude. Five. Okay. No injury. And I don't have any misfortune points to use to turn it into a six. Uh, because I would have. I've, I've, I know I've you would have. It's actually smart to do. Um, I know you would have. Yeah, you would have. Um, so its turn is over, uh, which brings us a spell and it's now your turn. Okay. And you're face to face with the torch bearer. Yeah. And it still has a hold of Toma, and yeah. he's struggling, trying to escape, but he can't seem to escape the jungle. I'm gonna do a simple melee. She's a strong hand. And I'm gonna try to hold <laughs> his chest. Okay. So it's like a melee attack. Really melee attack. Yeah. It really is a strong uh, hand. So, do you want to take aim for this? Yes. For one or two action points. One. Okay. So it'll be a challenging simple melee test. Okay. And you're trying to avoid hitting him. Okay. I make it more difficult when you have when you have somebody in front of you like that. Uh, combat. 45, 55, 45, 45 to 16. I got a 58. Roll. Oh yeah, look at that. Fortune and misfortune flowing like wine. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's under there. Oh, oh no. 20! Nice! You hit. Uh, it's not going to attempt to parry with Toma, or will it? Because I have a mismatch. Uh, it will uh, not do that. Um, go ahead and roll damage. So I took aim. Do I get anything for taking, or just the one? Yeah, just one. Four. Plus. Four. Eight. Eight damage? Eight damage. Nali doesn't move one step down the damage condition track. Toma drops to the ground as it relinquishes its chokehold. Yes. That's what, good. What? Uh, which now makes it moderately wounded. And you may roll 1d6 chaos die to see if it's injured. Ooh, okay. Yeah. One. Ah, uh, that's too bad. Uh, hey, Pippa Huh? Uh, Toma's down. Mm. I, Here, do something. I should see to him? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, kick some, kick some butt. Wait, should I see to him or... What will you do? So uh, I, I fell down to the ground when I... Yep. When it was released? Okay. You're not prone, though. Okay. You are... They're really I'm not chuckled though. Okay. So, briefly, I'm standing in front of this thing that I lit on fire. Is there anything still on fire, or is it out by now? It's out by now. Okay. Um, uh, it does look like um, that Tomah has been hurt, though. 
so, uh, okay, see to tomorrow. Okay, um, as I will start to bandage. Do I have bandage? I thought I did. Can I pass you a bandage? Yes, I do have bandages. Okay. I will assume you can um, do that. I, uh, I will bandage uh, Toma up uh, using 3 AP to do that, right? Isn't that what it is in starter kit? Uh, good question. Um, yeah, whatever. So what you'd be doing is interacting. And in order to um, bind wounds, it's three action points. All right. So I'm going to attempt to bind wounds on uh, Toma. Right, Toma, what's your current damage condition track? Where are you at? Lightly wounded. Lightly wounded. Sweet. Uh, all right. So you automatically succeed. All right, that should get you going. Uh, how many? What's your intelligence bonus? Uh, four. Okay, so you move one step up the damage condition track. All right, and you bind wounds. I'm now unharmed. Um, and so one important thing to call out is that you your wounds to heal your damage condition track can only be bound once every twenty four hours. Um, but you can use a lot of them if you wish. Mm -hmm. And people with a higher intelligence bonus can move people even further up the damage condition track. If he had an intelligence bonus of 13, he'd move him three steps up instead. Okay. So it's very, very possible to heal people mm -hmm. even more. And bind wounds can be used inside and outside of combat. You just simply need a bandage. Um, so anything else, Pep Estrella? Uh No, that was three AP. So. Cool. Okay. No. So... Oh, sorry. Uh, now it's Tomas' turn. Wow, I'm really bad at this. We'll get used to it. Yeah. That's why I'm just going to talk to you every time. Tomas, you're armed. You're on your feet. You're you're no longer being choked. <laughs> what do you want to do? Get All back right. in there, sport. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, gonna, gonna, get back in there, kid. I'm going to go ahead and... Bat, bat, bat. <laughs> Ping! It's off the armor. <laughs> I'm trying to decide if I want to do something different here. Um, uh, I think I'm just going to do a takedown again. Cool. Okay. Uh, so athletics or coordination, it's entirely up to you. Okay. To so coordination is 50. Nice. And what's the difficulty? Uh, it is going to be standard. 50% chance to succeed. And I rolled a 95. Oh, nice man. So I'll we'll just go ahead and do a normal melee attack. So you attempt to sweep the leg, uh, Toma, uh, does not succeed. Sweep the leg! Sweep the leg, Johnny! Uh, does not work, but you, you're you gonna use your flange mace. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, go ahead and make a uh, standard melee test. Okay. Standard test. Uh, so this time I rolled a 17. Nice. Success. Roll damage. And for damage, I rolled 7 damage. Oh. Well, you know, that's actually enough to move it. One step down the damage condition track, as it is now seriously wounded, uh, you can roll 2d6 cast dice. Okay. Pretty serious. Pretty serious. I rolled 4 and 5. Sirs. And since my weapon is powerful, it must resist or be shoved out of the engagement. That's right. Let's see what happens here. 40%. 53. Uh, the weapon strikes, and it's so heavy and powerful, it shoves it back one yard. So, boof. And I will. I have one AP remaining. Oops. We're going to send it against the wall. Boom. I have one AP remaining, so I will bake my last AP. Okay. So remember, whenever you. If you decide not to use all your action points and you want to attempt to parry or dodge between your turns, you should keep an action point. 
So, there's that. Um, who's next? After me, it is the Torchbearer. Oh, no! Oh, The Torchbearer no. somehow mends itself! Of course it does! And it is only moderately wounded now. Um, as it seems to be it seems to simply revivify with whatever strange energies are flowing through it. The damned are seem to just continue on um, until the soma can be removed. Um, so it will, uh, at this point, um, it too will attempt a death rattle. Screaming at the top of its lungs, I'll spend a coin to do so. Um, and I would like everyone to make a challenging resolve test to withstand stress. Forty-two percent chance. Fifty-six. Forty-two. Fifteen success. Seventy-two fail. Oh, critical failure. Seventy-seven. Oh, oh no. Okay. So those who succeed, those who fail, suffer seven peril and gain three more corruption. Those who critically but fail suffer. Oh, I rolled a ten. I said you <laughs> suffer eighteen. Mental peril okay. and six corruption. Okay. So that exceeds my second threshold, so I'll go down two spots on the Peril Edition track to ignore three skill ranks. Ooh, sir, we talked about with um, incapacitated page. Yes. You become a noodle. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's Tama's a noodle. Tama's about to become a noodle. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you, as you look toward Tama, you can see he's exhausted. He's exhausted, out of breath, scared. About to choke me to death. <laughs> I, I didn't get much air to my brain, guys. <laughs> he looks like he's about to fall to collapse. Okay. Um, so it's been a long and arduous battle. Yes. Yeah. Um, the torchbearer uh, now will attempt to deal the death blow to Talon. Okay. As it raises uh, its its fist in the air for um, a. Um, for a melee attack. Please don't crit. It'll, it'll probably take aim um, on this. So it's going to be 65% chance. Roll a 19. Okay. So I will attempt to parry. Okay. It brings its limb down. You raise your flange mace to parry it. Um, it's going to be routine for you. Okay. So uh, my, my skill in martial melee is uh, 50. One, but I'm ignoring. I'm 61. I'm ignoring three skill ranks, so it turns to 51. And you said it was standard. Yes. Okay, so 51% chance to succeed. And I rolled a four, which is a success. Nice. So you parry the blow. Woo, woo. Cool. Okay. Uh, so it turns over a spell ascent. You're up. Okay. So I see him go after Toma. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna be like. I'm gonna get my Widowmaker out. Uh-huh. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take. <laughs> you are technically engaged with it. You're within range if you want to use your, your the widowmaker. I am gonna use a widowmaker. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna use the widowmaker. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna slizz ice at him. Okay. So just a melee attack. Melee attack. Gets okay, one action point. It's a standard test. Okay. Uh, that's. that's Brains get getting tired. Forty-five, fifty-five, standard. Okay, fifty-five to succeed. Ninety-seven. Oh, it's been a fortune point to reroll. Love it. Thirty-two. Nice. Roll damage. Boom. 
cool. So it's 1d6 plus combat bonus. 1, 8, uh, oh wait, combat bonus, uh, 5. 5 total damage? 5 total. Well, <laughs> it isn't enough to penetrate its damage threshold as yeah. it remains. I believe it's moderately wounded right now. I'm seriously wounded? I tried to. It's, uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, it's moderately wounded. Oh! Yeah, yeah. yeah. unless you want to use a coin to turn it into a 6. So it's 6 plus okay. combat bonus plus 1d6. So 6 plus the 4. So okay. 10. 10. And then I get to roll again. And a 6! Nice! 16. 16. Keep going. And a 4. <laughs> So 20. 20 damage. Oh, wow. Uh, so it is slain. Oh. Describe to us what happens. So I took my Widowmaker, and, and he's the guy, the guy's kind of like standing there, and I slash at his chest, and it goes through, and I stop about halfway, and I shove it in, and I twist it. Love it. Yes. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. Uh,. So it falls to the ground, and we'll assume that there's kind of bits of tinder and such for you to eventually dispatch um, of this um, one of the other damned. So we'll actually bring this to a close. I wanted an opportunity really to kind of show off some of the, the combat mechanics for Paige, but maybe we could talk about some strategies. One real quick thing. Yeah. Um, I'd like to do a story thing if we are going to get reward points for tonight. So the answer is no, because okay. Tim's not here. Okay. However, we are going to fold this into our story. I didn't tell you that. Right. Okay. Uh, but no, we'll talk mind. about how that works later right. on. Never mind. For now, um, let's just flip to um, talking about some combat strategies. Yeah. Well, after, after the other night, things are like making way more sense now. Good, good. And I feel like my character, I kind of adjusted my character into a way that is a little more natural. A little easier to run combat-oriented character than a spellcaster, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I noticed that we didn't really uh, address in this combat was when Tomai was in the chokehold, mm -hmm. um, doing damage to the monster is only one way to the chokehold you could have damage or peril uh, damage so you could do either damage or peril so yep. one other way you could do it is do a takedown on it so if you, if you took it down it would release the hold as well mm -hmm. so um okay. just something to think about in terms of if some if this if someone is in a chokehold or something like that again um something to think about like oh if someone's holding something if you knock them over it's, it's it seems likely that they would be dropped Technically, it's damage or peril, but mm -hmm. I think we could... Because the, the assumption is most of the time with chokehold is that you're immobile, that mm -hmm. you're knee on the ground, that you're actively prone to some degree, I suppose. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of different ways you can conjugate it. When you have gotcha, like this specific trait, where where the torchbearer can maintain for zero action points and take other actions, I think that a takedown would probably be relevant to, to knock you out of a chokehold. So... Yeah, so you have those different strategies you can use. I think the important thing, though, too, is that, you know, one thing that's kind of, you know, for, for, for those of us who've played Spyander for a long time, like, this kind of represents, like, a, a revised rule set. Or, I'm going to call it revised, just kind of like a, what we've been using in our game table and, like, just uh, canonized in the new book. So, um, we've got 
Um, you know, obviously, I'll have additional copies of this for us around the table. Like, I'll have the player's guide. I think we'll have these advances in maybe like a month or so, but everybody will have a red book. Um, and this is what we'll use from here on out. Um, we won't reference our revised core rule books, or player's handbooks, or, um, <clears throat> or Mongosh, unless we have something we need to look at specifically that's only in those books. This, should, this basically will have everything you need as a player. And really, the only time you should be looking at your profession regardless is whenever you need to move whenever you at the end of a game session if you want to unlock something like you did with you right um or if you're moving to a new profession or a new tier okay one other thing i think is important to note about this fight is it is this fight was with mindless undead so that takes away some options um like intimidate or uh, like a uh, of hatred would yeah. likely not work on them or words as weapons um i guess is the new name for it um so uh Lineate hatred, intimidate, um, are, are typically things that you would use on, say, um, like a normal person type of enemy. Um, but that probably wouldn't work, so I didn't attempt that. So there's a special action um, that, that Nick's talking about called words as weapons. And when you use words as weapons, you're actively yelling something either to intimidate your foes, to inspire your allies, or cause them to increase their movement and initiative by hastening their step. You're using basically your warfare to hasten step. You can use intimidate to intimidate, or to intimidate, and you can use leadership to inspire. Um, and those so all... we could use words as weapons against a foe or to our peers. Yeah, mm -hmm. okay. that's right. Um, and they can do, and uh, it's not uncommon, I think, for us to actually, a lot of people usually begin combat by trying that. Mm -hmm. um, but in the case of like, in this case, in the case of mindless, the damned have a trait called mindless, you know, completely above board here. Um, their intelligence, willpower, and fellowship are technically 0%, and they resist against anything that targets those specific skills, or in this case, um, automatically succeed. Yeah, they just automatically you don't have to roll anything, you just can't impact, you can't, you can't scare the damned. The right. damned are dead already. Um, so anything that would target those skills or, or related primary attributes just have no impact. For human foes, which your most common foe, obviously those things will work. Um, and in cases where human, some human foes actually still automatically ignore them, regardless. Um, in fact, looking back at the Brass Paladin, who you fought some time back, you know, once again, you some above board stuff here. Um, they are immune to fear, fire, intimidate, prone, and stress. So they can't be knocked prone, they can't suffer from stress, they can't be intimidated, they don't suffer damage from fire, and they don't suffer anything from fear. So they've got a, a, a litany of, of, um, of different resistances that you wouldn't know about as a player until you would kind of maybe fight another. But once again, just kind of like peeking behind the screen, um, the brass paladin that you fought before had those immunities, which thus made that fight very difficult. I, I, sorry, go ahead. I kind of wanted to call it like words as weapons in particular, but like some, if you look at some of the other perilous stunts, um, the skills that are called in them are, are skills that are not typically combat skills, so if, if you have a character that doesn't have a great combat bonus um, or great skill in combat, they, they have these other options they can do. They can still help the rest of the party. Like what You notice like when I did the takedown, I'm using athletics, so that's not a really a combat skill. Um, and it helped the rest of the party because everyone was getting bonus fury dice when they're attacking the monster. So, uh, 
They'll never like write off the perilous stunts because they all have their place right. in, in certain types of combat. So like keep those, a, a, remember those as, as an option. If, if you're having trouble specifically hitting, like say a, a monster has like a really good weapon skill and they keep blocking you, sometimes you want to turn to some of these perilous stunts to kind of attack a different vector of the monster that's weaker. Yeah. The uh, to that point, like it, not all characters in Zweihander are built for combat. In fact, um, I mean, what's your chance? What's your what's your combat primary attribute? What's the value? Forty-five. Forty-five plus ten percent for some of this. You have a fifty-five percent chance to strike with your weapon. Um, do you have any stats that are higher than that? Forty-five. Forty-seven. Fifty-two. For what? Willpower. Willpower. What else? Uh, 50 for perception, 47 agility. Nice. So, for a higher agility, some of the parallel sense that may be useful for you, because they use coordination, chokehold, disarm. Um, if you had a high fellowship, you could use things like dirty tricks to throw dirt in their eyes where they can't counterspell dodge or parry. Into the next turn, yeah. There's a lot of different perilous stunts that you can pair with attacks. Okay. That Zweihander is not unlike D and D, and I draw this comparison because it's the most common comparison we make, and it's your only other experience. Right. D and D is all about attrition of hit points. Zweihander has specific immunities built into where sometimes you can't attrition a foe away. Sometimes, like somebody who's heavily armored, you can't penetrate that armor, so you need to get them on the ground. You need to take them down. You need to sunder their weapon, like the sunder ability. You can, you can, sh you can cause their armor, shield, or weapon to gain the ruined quality. Like you can act, but you have to do it with a two-handed weapon. So you can do things where you actually shatter their shield, break their armor, break their weapon. Oh, okay. Um, fortunately for you, coincidentally, we know that Widowmaker has the Castle Forge quality, so it cannot be shattered or broken. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Takedown off is pretty obvious. It takes people off their feet, and when foes are prone, whenever somebody's prone on the ground, you always get an additional 1d6 damage, and I always add an additional bonus to your difficulty rating. I always make it easier for you to hit. Okay. So when they're on the ground, it's easier to do. Disarming means they can't use that hand um, until the end of their next turn. So they they, they, they can't use their primary hand or two in a weapon until their next turn. So they basically you bat their hand. They, they don't suffer damage, but they can't use their hands so they can't spin their weapon. And their weapon ends up just outside of easy reach, which is three yards away. Okay. Dirty tricks, um, it blinds a foe, so they can't dodge, parry, or counterspell to the to the beginning of their next turn. Um, Chokehold obviously does peril. So if you're a character with high athletics or coordination, um, with a decent brawn bonus, like what's your brawn bonus? Your BB, beside brawn. 40. Four, beside oh, four, no, four. four. So you would do 1d10 plus four peril against foes. So you can imperil them, or you can do damage to them. There's a lot of different ways to take down foes in this. Okay. Um, in in the way that cre creatures are built in Zweihander, they're built to where some of the more powerful ones, ones with higher risk factors, which is behind the screen stuff, that means nothing to you or anyone else, but the risk factor determines how difficult they are, how hard they are to fight. And typically the way I build monsters is that creatures with higher risk factors turn into puzzle monsters. Uh, meaning they can't just be beaten away with weapons unless you get some lucky rolls. You have to use other strategies, other tactics to take them down, thus the use of perilous stunts as Nick indicated. Cool. Okay. I like that. Uh, some of the other special actions to think about. Um, so interact. 
Um, these can be used to imbibe or apply poisons to your weapon if you have poison, mm. to draw a weapon, to interact with something in the environment like opening a door in the middle of combat, uh, to perform healing practices like bind wounds, like to use honey bandages to bind somebody up, to use a kiss of life in case somebody is currently suffocating, mm. um, to stem bleeding if somebody's bleeding, bleeding is bad because you can bleed to death this game, mm-hmm. or to use laudanum, smelling salts, antivenoms, or tinctures. Um, load is another one too, that's typically for ranged weapons, if you load weapons up it takes action points to do that. More powerful ranged weapons require more AP to load, like uh, an arquebus, like a black powder weapon takes four action points to load. Um, take aim we talked about. Wait, you actually just decide, I'm gonna hold back and just figure out what I'm gonna do later on. How long does it take to prepare a fully loaded baked potato? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe the answer is 25 <laughs> minutes at 420, 450 degrees in the oven. Uh, the time it t- by the time you cut the potato open, you can put the cheese, the sour cream, the scallions, and the bacon bits inside. Close it back up, wrap it inside the tin foil. I would say five minutes on that, so maybe 30 minutes tops. <laughs> That's a lot of AP. It's a lot of AP, <laughs> yeah. Because a, because a combat round is one minute, no matter how many combatants are fighting, no matter what you're doing, a round is so thirty rounds to prepare a fully baked potato, guaranteed that you fully loaded to, baked potato. You had all the all the things you need to do so. Um, reactions are also important too. So reactions are good if you're holding on to action points, um, but they're also good because you can use them in little combat to help your friends. So assist. Um, I'll give, we didn't really get to assist dice, but I'll explain how this works. So let's pretend. Let's let's go back to you trying to climb the wall earlier. Okay. Right. If you're using athletics, if somebody else has at least one skill rank in that same skill you're rolling against, they can attempt to capital A assist you. When they assist you, what do you do, Nick? I hand her one of my <clears throat> d10s. That's right. You roll with an additional tens die. So you need to pick the better of the roles. So yeah. why don't we actually try that? Yeah. So, so if you're making an easy athletics test, you would typically roll your green is high normally, right? Yes. So what you do in this case is your green or your red should pick the best result between okay. those two dice. So eight. Your best result's low. Oh, yeah, so remember? two. Two. Yeah, okay. So two. then roll this. So you roll a 27. 27. Oh, yep. Interesting. So assist dice are nice because you can use them in combat too. It's not just strictly for out of combat. So you do it in combat. Uh, channel power is not important for you because you don't use magic. Counter spell is not important because you don't use magic. Opportunity attacks, a little different. So one thing that happens a lot in combat is people try to like get away. Like if let's say that you're kind of you're so if we go back to the board here for a moment, let's say that your you your character here is fighting a foe here. Mm-hmm. They're technically engaged, meaning that they're, they're they're the two spaces touch one another. Yeah. So if you decided to move away, hustle away, or charge away, you would provoke an opportunity attack, a free attack. Because you but, against me, yeah, against yeah. you. If they attempt to strike you, but if you use I'm a, not focusing, that's right. But if you used a movement action called maneuver, mm-hmm. you could do so without provoking an opportunity attack. So it allows you to maneuver three yards away and avoid opportunity. Attacks. Yeah, maneuver maneuver is a movement action, and it's very helpful when you're trying to get away from a foe. That it's, doesn't does that exist in D and D? No. Okay. No. 
And opportunity attacks are incredibly deadly in this because you can't dodge or parry them. And they typically they, they typically have a higher chance to succeed to hit. So um, I we we're we have we collectively are wise to how opportunity attacks work. It's a trial and error thing, but what you can pretty much guarantee is that movement is what is going to trigger an opportunity attack when you're moving away from a foe without maneuvering. So think about think about that um, as you kind of try to jockey for position on the battlefield. Parry and dodge. Uh, we didn't really use any of this tonight. Oh, I take that back. Nick did. But mm -hmm. when you bank action points, meaning you decide not to use all three, you're like, I'm going to bank my last two action points. We can bank all three if you want to. You could reserve these to attempt to avoid damage for either a ranged weapon or a melee weapon. So you always parry melee weapons, like your weapon against weapon, or you dodge ranged weapons. And then if you succeed at those, you actually avoid damage completely. Wait, okay, I question made... then. Yep. So if I choose wait, am I banking those three? So good question. So when you wait, you're technically not taking your turn. Well, what happens, Adam, you want to go back to the initial ladder real quick? We can actually yep. show this off. So I think the camera may swing toward Adam. You want to show us and kind of narrate what happens when you wait? When you wait, um, you like say, for instance, if Pipistrella were to wait, you place a magnet next to her name. And then uh, it'd be Tomas' turn, he would take his turn, and then the torchbearers would have been next, but I wouldn't say, hey, wait, I want to interrupt. Ah. And then we make a test to see if I go before them or not, and if I succeed... No test, just a fortune oh. point. Oh, okay. a fortune point, okay. Yep. Uh, if I spend that fortune point, then um, I will then move myself down on the initiative ladder to act. Oh, yep. interesting, before okay. Them. But the, the, the only draw, the only thing is though, is you cannot wait back to back, meaning you can't wait, and, and then, then your next turn comes up, you get two turns. If you wait until the beginning of your next turn, you lose your turn. Okay. You can only use one. So you have to choose to go somewhere on the initiative ladder before your next turn. Gotcha. But your initiative moves down there permanently for the rest of the game session. It's stuck there. Okay. That's where it goes. Okay. But that's a good, that's a good question though around banking. And then we talked about worthless weapons, or sorry. Um, Dodge. Resist, yeah. So resist any time that somebody uses like chokehold or takedown or a spell or maybe some special talents or traits that require you to resist an effect. Mm -hmm. um, you roll. You roll a related skill test. Like whenever you're trying to withstand, it's um, you're fighting the uh, torchbearer earlier. Is using death rattle. Because it forces the foes to resist, withstand horror, or else suffer stress and peril. Um, you're resisting. However, if you were surprised, if you if you didn't know they were coming, you couldn't resist it. Okay. Uh, resist assumes that you're not defenseless, and defenseless is a combat condition. I entreat you to read the combat chapter and learn a little bit more about combat conditions. But they don't come up often, but when they do, they're they're pretty bad. Um, and I typically will communicate what that condition is to you. Okay. The great thing is, is that once you receive the, everybody ready gets the copy of their player's guide, it actually has a, a, a list, a separate list in the back of all the combat conditions collected together, along with skills you can use in combat actions. Collected but, combat conditions. Collected combat conditions. That's right. CCC. Give me some of that CCC. That's right. So that's pretty much it. I mean, healing and stuff is just going to come over time because Adam is probably going to be doing most of the healing. And it won't be something you have to concern yourself with too much, but technically anyone can heal. Okay. Anyone can take advantage of attempt to heal somebody up. 
And if you don't have bandages, you can tear strips of cloth off your, clo- off your clothing to, oh. to bandage. But I, I have a tabard, too. Yeah, so you can tear the tabard up to use, use to, okay. to bandage. I'd be like, yeah, just tear a piece off of it. However, um, I would make you roll a 1d6 cast, and if it landed on 6, their wounds are infected. Oh, from the dirty tabard. Yeah, you haven't cleaned it up with some honey. With honey, uh. yeah. Bandages are especially prepared with honey in this game. Okay. Yeah. What, what spurred that? Why? Because that's how bandages were prepared, and in Renaissance times. Oh, like legit. Clean, clean bandages. They were bleached and covered in honey because honey is curative property. Same thing with like mother's milk. Some bandages were made with mother's milk. We use honey because it's just, it feels like a, a fun thing. And, and I mean, I love the word apiarist. So um, honey's awesome. Uh, I like it. It's good. Yeah. And it's and honey bandages are what you use to heal with. Well, I think bees bees. are cute. So yeah. And bees are cute. Yes. Well, let's, um, we'll pick back up next week. Hey there, viewers. If you like what you're seeing, take the next step. Head on over to our Patreon, where we create content for Zweihander and other games. Just go to GrimAndPerilous.com and click on the Patreon button. Thanks.